friends, welcome to the official podcast of Oklahoma Next Gen Leaders. This podcast exists to inspire, encourage, and ignite your kingdom purpose while equipping you to reach your potential for a global harvest. Be sure to follow us on social media and share this podcast with your friends so they can be encouraged. On today's episode, Jamin Hart, who serves the youth of Oklahoma alongside her husband, joins us for her first Next Gen podcast with a message for this generation's leaders. You don't want to go anywhere. So let's get into today's episode. Jamin Hart, and I am just so honored to speak to you all through this podcast. I have said it before, and I will say it again. I am just honored that I am a part of the Oklahoma District, and I love all of you so much. Today, I felt to remind us of a calling that really we can all take part in, something we desperately need but often becomes Overlooked by more engaging and pressing topics, but it is still a priceless topic. It is the topic of friendship. Perhaps one of my favorite stories of friendship in the Bible is of the paralyzed man in Luke 5 who had four friends. These four friends carried their paralyzed friend to the feet of Jesus. This was not some casual good deed they did because they were bored out in the desert heat. This was something that required physical, spiritual, mental, and emotional determination, all because they were persuaded getting their friend to the feet of Jesus when he could not carry himself was a task worthy of giving their own strength. Can we picture what this really entailed? They carried their friend on a bed through the heated desert into a chaotic town, pushing through crowds of Pharisees and peers alike, climbing up a shaky ladder to get on the housetop, breaking a large hole in the roof above Jesus' preaching, and they didn't cower down from the stairs in harsh words of bystanders, And because of it, they were able to lower him down through the roof. What part of that is most miraculous? Often we focus on the miracle of forgiving of sins and healing in the physical body once he arrived at Jesus' feet because that is miraculous. But there is also a level of miraculous within his friendships. True friendship is miraculous. It is selfless, it is Christ-like, and it is created by God. The Bible speaks of friendship in one of the highest regards, and in God's overwhelming love towards us, this is how he chose to express it. John 15, 15 says, I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, 
I have called you friends. For everything that I learned from my father, I have made known unto you. A friend. Abraham was a friend to God and Moses talked with him face to face as a friend talked to another, but we have that same privilege and promise from him. I am a friend that sticks closer than the brother. The reality is we all become who our close friends are. Therefore, first and foremost, we must be a friend of God and he teaches us how to be a friend to others. When the paralytic man on his bed was unable to help himself or have faith for his own healing, his friends had faith for him. This is the very essence of what friendship at its core is created to do. Empower one another to get to the feet of Jesus. If your friends are doing the opposite, make no mistake, they are not worthy to be called friends. We cannot be fooled. It is enemies of our soul who are the ones who lead people away from Jesus, not friends. The Bible says this when seeing their faith, the friend's faith, Jesus forgave his sins, healed him, and commanded him to take up his bed and walk. So it does matter who our friends are. Healing was made through friendship. It changes everything who we allow in our inner circle. So yes, this is a calling we can all take part in. To be a friend, a true friend who draws others closer to the feet of Jesus who doesn't walk out in their hardship, who isn't in it just to get out selfishly whatever we can from the friendship because how it makes us look. This is something we can do to bring light and encouragement into our friend's dark night. And yet there is one other character in the Bible I want to look at today who can teach us much in being a true friend. Elijah the prophet, he was truly a friend to the righteous. In reading 1 Kings 18, 8 one day, a phrase jumped out at me. It says, and he answered, I am, go tell thy Lord, behold, Elijah is here. I could not help but note, suddenly everything changed when the announcement was made, behold, Elijah is here. When Elijah arrived, everybody felt something. The scene instantly became more dramatic. It was an announcement of a spirit-filled presence, meant hope for those who were striving for righteousness and trembling fear for the enemy. How well we know Jesus showing up to a scene makes all the difference, but this scripture is talking about Elijah. Just a man, but a man full of God's spirit. Our minds can surely identify with this because there has been a time when we heard an announcement of a parent or a loved one or a close friend showing up in our need and suddenly by their presence alone, we have just felt better. 
when I was engaged to my husband, pain from a neck and back injury from work one night had led me to go to the ER. And I was consumed with pain from muscle spasms that were literally visible in my neck. Weary from fighting the pain and the fear, I will never forget the refreshing moment. It was announced to me my future husband had just jumped on a plane from Oklahoma and would be arriving in Minnesota at midnight that night. Somehow when my parents announced he was there, everything changed for the better. It wasn't behold Elijah is here, it was behold Jeremy Hart is here. And it made everything more bearable just by his presence. And although I could talk about my husband all day, let me get back to Elijah. Elijah, the prophet from God, had pronounced judgment through a drought. And for three and a half years, it did not rain, not a teeny weeny drop of rain. The whole land was suffering as a result of the idolaters who brought the judgment from God. So after years of misery, even the wicked King Ahab had set out desperately searching for water. When Elijah saw Obadiah, who also was searching for the hope of water, he spoke to him and said, go tell thy king, behold, Elijah is here. So for the first time in three and a half years with those words, there was a glimpse of hope for a brighter day because his presence, Elijah's presence, a spirit-filled presence means a glimmer of an end to a drought because prayer to a true God had arrived. Let it also be said with the presence, without the presence of God in Elijah and in us all, there would be no possibility to make peace and calm hearts. God alone is peace. A presence like that can only be found when the Spirit of God is inside of man because we all produce what is inside of us. Elijah was a friend to the righteous. And there are three things to be said of righteous. A man, Elijah, showing up. The first thing we can learn from hearing Elijah is here means we have comfort, kindness, and the presence of God with us. To truly be Holy Ghost filled does bring comfort because the Holy Ghost is the comforter. The Bible teaches us that before Jesus ascended into heaven, he said, behold, I send the comforter. I send my spirit. God with us. So just to know God is in our midst is comforting. Just to know when the presence of a spirit-filled person shows up in our situation, yes, that is comforting. There is kindness and the presence of the Lord. That changes everything because contrary to the feelings of those who do not know our Savior personally, God's very essence is kindness and comfort. How often the psalmist spoke of the loving kindness of our God, even in the darkest storms of his life. Psalm 63, 3 says, your loving kindness is better than life. 
because David knew God in such a personal relationship and had experienced time in his presence. He knew it was better than anything else in David's life. On the mountain, in the valley, God alone made David's life beautiful. The reality is when we arrive to the one in their sorrow and valley, we too can bring comfort and the presence with, of God with us in the midst of their pain. In times of hurt and fear, the hurting heart does not care if we are wearing the latest fashion or how attractive we look. They simply desire encouragement, support, and love. They desire comfort. And God's word and spirit is still the only and ultimate comfort. To say Elijah is here also means there is a soul standing against the evil of our day. It means there is someone standing up for the judgments, laws, and the word of God. God God's presence is not only kind and comfort to all with nothing to stand on. He is a righteous God and he has to and does stand true to his word. He is not a man that he can lie. So even to us to stand for something, anything means we are also against something. The one who stands for godliness angers ungodliness Righteousness infuriates unrighteousness and holiness frustrates the unholy. Although we are commanded to love, to love evil itself is always the exception. One cannot love the world and still have the hope of Jesus overcoming the world. If one of our hands is holding tightly to the world, how can we rejoice when we are holding on to the very thing Jesus promised to give us victory over that he is going to overcome? Behold, he said, I have overcome the world. Yes, although our God is slow to anger, there are judgments and laws that cannot be bypassed. To love all does not mean we have to love their sin or condone their evil. It means we stand for God's word even when we stand alone and even when it is the unpopular opinion. Elijah stood up against the frightful Jezebel, King Ahab, and all those who served the gods and agendas of this world. Everybody knew what Elijah believed, and the truth is, it was comforting for many. We don't have to be ashamed to be a people who stands for the word of God, because the reality is, when we turn off the news and certain things we see on social media, we find many sincere people who are comforted by the way we live. They're comforted to know that there is still a church that stands full of light in a dark world. People are longing for somebody to stand for righteousness. It is what a true friend does. To say Elijah is here is to also say there will be a lot of prayer 
being made. When we show up, does our presence mean there will be prayer? I believe it does. And I pray my peers would never scoff at the idea that we wouldn't be in pre-service prayer before church or think it rare to have prayer time in our home. I want my friends to know when anything comes up in their life, I will go to my knees with them in prayer. I remember being at Bible college and I had been hanging around in a certain friend group and I will never forget the moment I arrived at the church I was attending during Bible college on a Wednesday night. And it was the church where all the Indiana Bible college students attended. And I had arrived early for pre-service prayer in the prayer room. And since our friend group, group often always rode together to basically every event, I overheard someone asking when they saw me if one of our particular friends was there too. And someone else chimed up, maybe he's in the prayer room to which the chuckles among a row of my Bible college peers began. And I heard another young man speak up and say, there is no way he is here early for pre-service prayer. And it shook me because it was true. And I pulled away quickly after that because the saying echoed in my ears, show me who your friends are and I will show you who you will be in five years. You become like who your close friends are, or at least guilty by association. And it may not be that they are a bad person at all. They may be a wonderful person, but prayer is too important because prayer is our connection to the God who saved us. Prayer is unique in the way you do not go around telling everybody how long you pray or how much you pray. It is something people know by your actions, your spirit, your fruit, and your character. Elijah prayed when nobody was watching every day. And because it was who he was, he could pray overcoming prayers in the face of his enemies. I am thankful I am from a family when we heard something came up or we got a phone call of a family member or church situation in need, we would stop what we were doing and we would pray. People know when we have a deeply personal relationship with our Savior because, again, you become like who your friends are. And we have the distinct and humbling privilege of being the friend of the creator of all. I hunger for prayer. And to be perfectly honest, I don't think there is anything more beautiful we could do for our friends than to pray with them. It is the thing that comforts me to know the most when I'm in a group of people that it is a praying group. It is what comforts me the most when I go through any trial that people are praying for me because if I know that, I just know I'm going to be okay. We're going to make it through. There is prayer being made to the one who created everything and has power over everything. Prayer is complete and instant connection to the one who holds the world in his hand, the one who created every fabric of not only us, not only our bodies, but even of this world and 
all things therein. That is comforting. Prayer has proven to be my joy even on the sunniest days and my anchor in the storm. The comfort of prayer brings in times of trial is not in vain. We serve a God who hears and answers the prayers of his people. Just recently, my husband and I prayed three very specific prayers. And within a couple days, we watched God answer every single one miraculously. God never tires of hearing our voice. He doesn't get sick of all of our prayers. It comes before him, as the Bible says, a sweet savor. He longs for friendship from us. The people around us, yes, even in the world, are encouraged to know they have someone who is able to touch heaven on their behalf. Prayer is always the answer. People who do not even pray themselves in times of their trial will reach out to those who are friends of God who know they will pray for me. So I have found this to be true. At the end of a life, no one really ever talks about the external. They say they were always there for me. They prayed with me when I was hurting. They answered my phone call when I needed them. They showed up when nobody else would show up. They loved me when I made a mistake. I believe that is who we are as a people of God. And that is who we are called to be. You are a friend. And you have so much purpose. Our prayers never die. Our forgiveness is never forgotten. And I desperately want it to be said of me, my presence means there will be prayer. I want the world to know where I stand just by who I am. I love righteousness and I will stand against evil. I want my presence to mean the comfort of the Holy Ghost. And I know it is only possible to be said of me and only possible to be said of you when God is overflowing out of us. When it's his spirit, the comforter, the kindness of God, the character of God flowing out of us that comes through time in his presence with being a friend to God. We all become who our friends are. And if being an evangelist wife and traveling full-time has shown me anything, it is the assurance to know there are souls and young people and young adults and all ages who are consumed with being in Elijah. They are present. They are prayer warriors. They are filled with God's spirit. And they are standing in the gap in this generation. They are not afraid of sacrifice or of what it means to truly be a friend and what all that entails. Do not be discouraged. Behold, you are here. Not Elijah, but you, Oklahoma, next gen. And what a difference you make. 
Thank you for listening with us today. Make sure to subscribe to the Oklahoma Next Gen Leaders podcast and social media so you can stay up to date on our newest content. Until next time, we pray this episode ignites something within you.